0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Fit Mind Project with me, Laura Ash. And
1: moi, Barry Ash.
0: (laughs) So guys, today we are absolutely honoured and so lucky to have with us uh, Cairo Ben, or as he likes to be known, just Cairo. And um, Cairo, we wanted to get him in because he has gone from boy band fame to just finding his own way in life and being the person he wants to be and we know he's going to be able to offer you guys so much insight and you're going to be so inspired by his story. So Cairo, welcome to the Fit My Project. Thank it's you very so much. It's so lovely to have you here. It's
2: lovely to be here on this <laughs> podcast. That's exciting.
0: <laughs> so we just want to just find out from you, first of all, Our listeners are going to want to know who you are, what you're about? You know, tell us your story.
2: Okay, so as you introduce me, Cairo, um, my story started probably around about 10 years ago when I thought that I wanted to be famous. You see on the TV screen, you see Michael Jackson. Well, I started a lot younger than actually from when I was a kid. You see Michael Jackson, you want to be famous, and you aim towards that. But going towards that, it took me in a direction that I really didn't feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, just, I had, a, I had a big mindset change. The further I went into it, the further I came out of it. It's quite, um, just think about it now, it's quite, um, not emotional, it it would just it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot to go through if you know what I mean. So uh, yeah, I'll start at the beginning. Mm. Um, I went to a place called Vocal Tech in London and Vocal Tech is a school for singers and musicians. And from there I got scouted to be in my first boy band. Now, through this little story I've been in five boy bands. I always wanted to be solo artists, but I managed to get into boy bands over and over again. And from day one, they mould you. You are not you. You are fit into a category that they see fit. You will be the token black guy. You will be the, the white um, soul guy. You will, they, whatever category they want to put you in. A label. All, a label. They will label you. And from day one, from that first boy band, they labelled me. I was the, the token black guy, which is fine. Um, I actually beat Marvin from JLS to be that token black guy. Um, it was between me and him. Uh, he didn't get it, unfortunately, but then he went on to be in JLS, obviously. he totally did fight. There you go, that's what happens. Um, so from then on, I went into another boy band, and I wasn't, I was never seen as the cool one. Because I'm from, not from London, I'm from Kent, so I'm a bit of a country boy. I'm not like as There ain't
0: nothing wrong with Kent.
2: There's nothing wrong with Kent. There's nothing wrong with being a I country that. boy. Ain't
0: that wrong with Kent? Ain't
2: <laughs> that wrong with being Kent? Mate, come right from Folkestone. I went three oh three. Um, it's and and it's fine. And I always I always felt that was fine. I always wanted that to be fine, but it wasn't fine for the the people or the let or the managers of these these bands. And what it really struck me when I went into my fifth and final band. Uh, which is the one I gained more, in quotes, fame with. Mm-hmm. We were signed to uh, a record label, Ireland, and it was great. We did the whole music videos thing, we did uh, just so like radio tours, like tours we talked with Jesse J, N dubs, and all that stuff. But it was in the beginning when I first met the manager, and I'll always remember this I was having a conversation with another guy from the label. And we were talking about um, David Attenborough, documentaries, and I love nature and documentaries, and all these type of things that I feel makes me, me. Yeah. And the manager was in the corner, and he was watching me, and I could feel his eyes on me. And he sort of butted in on the conversation. He says, uh, so uh, what, what, what are you guys talking about there? And I said, oh, we're just talking about this um, documentary we saw, this Attenborough documentary. And he's like, why? And I said, oh, just because it's like we were talking about, I think it was life, or something like that, because it's just the way it was beautifully shot, and everything that I was felt quite passionate about. Yeah. And he went, oh, you'll never be cool, will you? And that sentence alone confirmed everything that I feared, that I wasn't cool enough to be what I, what I thought they wanted me to be. Yeah. So even the projection of me that I wanted to be wasn't cool enough. The false me wasn't cool enough. Yeah. And I created so many false me's that I tried to identify with to try and find myself and who I was in this band the previous band the band before that and it didn't work mm. it didn't work and the further I went into that the further my core self shrunk away from that mm. and I felt myself being distant with the band being distant with uh, the managers and then that distance created that distance created uh, it, it it wasn't it wasn't good basically eventually I started to get not depressed as such, but it pulled me into a place I didn't want to be. um, And we ended up getting dropped, which wasn't, you know, wasn't good. But what I also got dropped from was not just the label, it was the false me that I thought I was. But the girl I was with at the time, who you guys might know as like the lady from the Sugar Babes. Yeah. um, She fell in love, in quotes, with the me that... I projected myself to be the false me. Yeah. So when we got dropped and I was still with her, I still carried on that false me for yeah. a long while. And it wasn't, it just, it created turmoil. There was so much conflict, inner conflict. Am I this person? Am I that person? Am I the person that she wants me to be? Am I still the singer that I thought I was? Because yeah. I still want to pursue this dream, don't I? Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, it only took me splitting from her and me really hitting rock bottom and being broken and emotionally distressed enough to want to change and that's when I made the change that's when I thought yeah
0: and you know we see so much in society nowadays Mm. how you must confirm you know conform Mm -hmm. to a label like it's good to be skinny or it's good to be muscly Uh and it's you know with you being in the boy band with the fame it's almost like you felt that's how you should be to other yeah. people, and we wear such a mask all the way through our lives. And mm-hmm. would you say that you were wearing a mask?
2: I was wearing like twelve.
0: Really? How <laughs> how did that feel for you to wear those? Heavy. It?
2: Yeah. Heavy. It was it was just a, a burden, and through that confusion, I remember people asking me if ever we wanted to go out for dinner um, with anyone. People would ask, "Oh, where do you want to go?" I never knew. Because mm. I'd always go, where do you want to go? And go wherever they wanted to go. Because mm. it was too much of a hassle to poke into my own brain to find out what I liked mm. or what I thought I was. And it's it's not just me that's gone through it. I'm not too sure if some guys have seen a, the programme. Uh, it? it was recently, they showed like boy bands that were, but they came back. I do you remember I that, that, that programme? And loads yeah. of them, like Blue were doing it yes, or Eternal yeah. or something like that. And they each had a story about how they had this fame, yeah. and then they hit rock bottom and they don't know what to do with it. They Literally, they have so much or so much of what they think they want to give them significance and, and build up this false sense of self. And then when that goes, they turn to drink, they turn to drugs, They, some people go as far as being depressed or might commit suicide. Yeah. Because you don't know who you are. There's this internal struggle and this internal battle. But I came away from that slightly intact and I've, I found... I found not the me who i who I thought I should be, but the me who I actually just was. I just stopped trying. they was stopped trying to be what I thought other people wanted me to be or what I thought I should be based on what I thought I should be from a little kid
0: yeah,
2: I don't need to be that it's I'm fine, I'm perfect and beautiful, just the way I am, and every single person is, but it took me hitting that bottom point and and hitting that crucial breaking point for me to realize that some people, as we were speaking about before, they, they sit in a comfortable pain that's not quite bad enough for them to want to change. Yeah. Fortunately for me, that pain was more than enough for me to break and crack. And it just, I, I changed. It, it was bad enough. I didn't want to continue not knowing who I was or not knowing what I wanted to watch on telly or not knowing what I wanted to eat. It wasn't cool.
0: Because I know you say that you hit that pain of rock bottom, mm. and a lot of people live in that comfortable pain, mm. and they're scared to go there. Mm. But you went there. How did it feel? Was it frightening for you?
2: I. It was. It was at a point where, I, fe- I. I'm trying to recall it now. I felt. I felt numb. I felt empty. I felt it didn't feel. I didn't feel like I was on this earth. Yeah. And I was like, "I don't know what is real and what's not anymore, and it was scary, and I thought i have I had literally two options: um I could either continue distracting myself, might go away with friends, you know, go out, have a good time and forget that I was here, and then slip back into the normality of a comfortable pain, or I could just rip off the band aid and just whoosh, just do it quickly and yeah. just and then sit in that sting, sit in the sting, feel the sting, and let the wound heal naturally. I don't know what made me rip it off." Quickly, rather than go back into a comfortable pain, I, I feel. I think it was just the the point; it was too much, and I knew yeah. that going back into a comfortable pain wasn't where I wanted to be. So I just ripped off, ripped off the bandaid, and and started from scratch.
0: And what were the first steps you did?
2: The first steps I did, I was watching, um, and I watched a lot of motivational speakers. Yeah. Um, just to just to put myself in a in a mindset. But weirdly enough, I don't think I've ever told anyone this actually. <laughs> I used to sit in front of a mirror and, and talk t- to the reflection. Yeah. And that is, I wanted to put myself in the most uncomfortable position yeah. that I could put myself in just by myself. Yeah. And so I sat and I literally spoke to the mirror. And I remember sitting there going, this is really weird. We both feel awkward. Both. There's only one person. <laughs> <But there> was, <laughs> we both feel awkward, but we're going to continue talking until this doesn't get awkward. Why do you feel what you feel? What has got you to this place? What it, What do you want to do to make a change? How are we going to move forward from this? Mm-hmm. How do you feel in this moment? And then I talk and I say, well, I feel... It was like I was counselling myself by literally split splitting myself in two yeah. by being and looking at a reflection. Mm-hmm. It's like I was giving advice to myself yeah. in a weird mirror type of way.
1: And <laughs> would, I know- you, sorry, would you say you was talking to your yourself here or yeah. was you talking to the face with the mask on when you was talking to yourself in
2: the air? I felt like I was talking to another person who had masks on but with every conversation took another mask off and I got more comfortable and eventually chipping away at all of those different guises I ended up with the me which I feel like he's just he's just a little boy who wants to be happy he's just a beautiful little boy who just wants to do or, or to sing or to, or to express himself in some yeah. way, shape or form without being judged. And why can't I be? Of course I can be. There are so many people who are allowed to do certain things. Why can't I be one of them? And they were all mental constructs that I had built around myself that like, I can't be this because I can't possibly be cool enough to do that. No one's actually saying that to me. It was just a, a mark that I put on to please somebody else. Yeah. And I chipped away and I chipped away. and I've, And I spoke to the core of me the little boy that used to dance to michael jackson in the front room and i asked him do you still like doing that do you do you how do you feel when you do that when you express yourself and i laughed and i cried at the same time and it was weird because i felt awkward because i realized i was doing that <laughs> and it was just it was just a really odd place and i and i looked at myself and i remember thinking i'm going to be okay
1: hmm. that's it so you say uh, Michael Jackson was a big influence on you. Yeah. So who's who influences you in your life now? Who do you look up to? Who are your role models in life
0: now? Of course, Rock Solly. Of course, Rock Solly. <laughs> Of course,
1: of
2: course. Role models aside from you, wonderful people. <laughs> I'd say I don't necessarily have role models that I look up to in terms that I put on a pedestal. I look at uh, the things that people have said or the books that they've read or uh, books they've written and i take bits and pieces from them to build into my own life so it's not a case of putting somebody on a pedestal but there are certain people that i will uh listen to more so and be like okay i like i like that theory but i'm coming to learn and understand that even the people that i may look up to or may have look up looked up to have different perspectives on life than than from me so I can't really take on exactly what they say. I just take parts of it and then build that into my own life. You know? Who are these people? These are Lauren and Barry Ash and Ross. <laughs> uh, apart from that... It's... We give you 50 quid later. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's Ellen you 100. You know my fee. You know my fee. Um, these people are a guy called Osho. Um, he's is he? Osho is uh, an Indian philosopher um, that he's, he's got a very complex story he speaks about detachment and becoming uh, the watcher so whenever I felt a type of pain um, this, this is the further on in my um, understanding whenever I felt a type of pain I would sit in the pain and wonder if it actually bothers me to sit in whether I could feel the space around it and through this separation, it became like. Imagine if you see somebody across the street, they fall over and they graze their leg. Mm-hmm. Now you can see that they've done that, but you don't necessarily feel the pain. Yeah. And that's what I did. I separated myself. So he talks about a lot about detachment and separating yeah. yourself yeah. and just surrendering, and not trying to be a certain certain person or certain thing, and just you're good just the way you are. So big shout out to Osho for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Eckhart he, he goes a little bit deeper into things he talks about the ego and the duality of the ego so basically everything that I've gone into or from the starting point of my recovery I've gone into down like a little rabbit hole of this <laughs> of these type of books but the, the main message is we are fine we don't need to try and, and, and be something else we're good just the way we are if you identify with a certain idea or or you think something should be that is a limit in itself it's a it's a it's a wall it's a limit it's not fluctuating yeah. if anything is stiff it's dead anything fluid and and beautiful when and it's, it's alive and it's moving so I try to keep an open mind I don't have limits on myself I don't have limits on other people and yeah this that's basically the the vibe that I get from these guys
0: so when you were in the boy bands mm-hmm. and before obviously your enlightenment now yeah <laughs> <laughs> Was it always you would say to yourself, I'd be happy, I'd be successful, when?
2: Yeah, 100%. It's like everyone I was around, all my musician friends, and still them now that are still chasing something to, to make them happy, they won't be happy unless they get a record deal, unless they get a number one, unless they, with the money that they have from that number one, buy a certain car, mm. buy a certain house. It's like everyone postpones their happiness. I'm yeah. like, for what? You could, you could die tomorrow. Yeah. What, are you, what are you waiting for? So that realisation really um, allowed me to be present, really yeah. sit in it and be present and enjoy everything that I have and now I don't I don't want for the the house that I used to want because it was the false me that wanted it to gain significance to make other people go, oh he's got a nice house. Yeah. The false me doesn't exist, therefore the false wants for the house doesn't doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's strange how materialistic things make you feel a certain way or you the perception of having a materialistic thing makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. But after a certain time, you still have that house, yeah. but that feeling's gone. Yeah, when re- in realistic terms, you can have that feeling whenever you want without having that um the materialistic thing. Yeah, there. and 100%. it's like a
0: lot of people will be like, "Well, if I'm two stone, twelve stone, whatever it is lighter, yeah. I'll be X, Y, and Z." Yeah, but then as you say, you're always chasing that. Of like course. you would have you you know if you hadn't have had, thankfully, your yeah. breakdown. Uh-huh then you could still be chasing that and you wouldn't be the wonderful, enlightened person we got set before us.
2: And again, also with the people, if they wanted to lose weight, if they are, if they postpone their happiness, the more that they sit in that unhappiness because they're postponing their happiness, it's going to take longer to get to the point anyway. So Mm -hmm. it's like if they just switch off that, I will be happy when and just be happy now. Yeah. They will get to that point faster. Yeah. I don't I didn't want to sit in that pain. I didn't want to go, oh I, I could have easily sat there and gone like, oh, you know, my life's crap. Um i will I'll, I'll be happy when, you know, when I've got a record deal, I'll be happy when I've got this and go back on the way. It's so easy to do that, but yeah, rip off the band-aid and just and just be happy now. There's nothing stopping us. There's literally nothing stopping us.
1: No. A lot of people in life find it hard to just do that. Mm. So if you had to say your top tip for doing it, what would it be? Be present, be grateful for every, everything that
2: you have, everything you have right now, because nothing, it, this is, might get a little bit uh, worldly, but, <laughs> but nothing is, we are owed nothing. We, uh, as, as are the, the flesh vessels that we walk around in, have come from the furthest reaches of space for, for, for no reason. We we weren't owed that. We were owed nothing. Nothing is is ever owed to us. I f- I feel more than than lucky and 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 happy that I'm in this position that that I've, you know, not, I didn't have to meet you guys. I didn't mm. have to meet other people. But I am lucky enough to someone mm. has given me that chance. I'm not, you know, nothing. It's not owed to me. So mm. I'm very grateful that I have a a house that I can sit in. That I can sit. That I have a bum to sit on. That I have legs that I could cross and I can sit down. Because some people weren't. Yeah. I'm not owed these legs. No one said like. You know it's not I didn't wake up one morning, I definitely have to have legs or yeah. of course, of course not, but I, I have those so I'm, I've got I don't have a lot, but what I have I cherish yeah. and it's because I wasn't owed it, but I still have it. How lucky is that? Yeah. that's amazing, so gratitude it's first so and so foremost like
1: it's so true, it <laughs> really is it's refreshing to hear someone talk like this rather than saying, I need my car, I need my house I need my phone, I need this, I need that to be a certain way Yeah. it's, mm. it's so refreshing and enlightening to say I don't need anything because I've got everything I want here
2: already. Exactly. 100% and, it's, it's, and I will preach that and I will continue practising that and, until my, my last breath that I'll be happy to have because it was not over to me. <laughs> so, Amen, bruh. <laughs> that's, that's
0: it. So, Cory. we always ask our guys some kind of quickfire questions at yeah. the end. Ooh, okay. okay, sweet. All right. So I want to know, first of all, uh-huh. what's your most inspirational
2: quote? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> My most inspirational quote, uh, th- meditate and watch. So meditate... Take time to be still, sit in the stillness and be grateful and watch yourself. This is the one thing that's really helped me. By watching how I react to things, I separate myself so I don't become enveloped in those feelings. If I feel upset, I step back and I watch what's making me upset, why is it making me upset, and I can get to the root of the problem rather than sitting in that feeling that's just bubbling over and over and over. I want to get to the root of it rip off the bandaid and sort it out so meditate be still appreciate things and watch just watch yourself and see how glorious life can be that's one long quote it's a long
1: quote <gasps> <yeah. laughs> my question
2: God. what's your
1: favourite destination you've been to in the world
2: I've been to yes. Uh, Jamaica yeah it was, it's, it's beautiful right? the, the sunsets You yeah I can't beat a good Caribbean sunset yeah. Jamaica <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't.
0: <laughs> what do you want to be known for when you're long and and gone from this gone plane from this, and this. gone to the other plane if that's what you i don't i don't
2: i don't want to be known i i like anonymity i i used to want to be known so much mm. I've turned against that i i do believe that anything if I I was to be known for anything or want to be known for anything, it it would be purely egotistical. It wouldn't be coming from the heart. It's like, no one wants to love to be known. Like, I I don't want to be known to be loved. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I just want to be, and then then I'll go, and that's fine. And that's beautiful. The way it is, I feel like life for me or anything beautiful is just like, this is going to sound really flipping, (laughs) washy, washy, (laughs) is like a butterfly that will come and just sit on someone's hand. It's like, no one willed it to be there and when it goes, no one necessarily wants it back, but they're just happy that it was there. And I want that to be my life. Just I just came like a nice, gentle breeze that no one was expecting, and then I just went, and everyone was just happy that I was there in the first place. I don't want to be known for anything. I don't want a legacy. I don't want anything that could hype up my ego. I don't even want a gravestone. I don't. I just. I was here. I know I was here, and that's good
1: enough for me. You're gonna be known to me as the butterfly now, because you. <laughs> this, this is he comes in. He says his amazing stuff. And then he's gone. Is it? And then has he gone. we don't see him for like a couple of weeks and
0: then he just floats back <laughs> in again. Hello. <laughs> okay, this
2: is more of a fun one, okay? okay on. What's your favourite movie and why? Uh, Avatar. Because I had never seen something, so I, I, well, first of all, I will say that I do not know films. I'm the worst film person. <laughs> I've not seen Godfather. I've not seen Scarface. I've not seen uh, Lion King. The, the only Disney films I've ever seen is like Aladdin and Peter Pan. So my, my movie base in my head is really low. So I love Avatar because it just looks like a place I want to be. You want to be blue. I'd love, I'd love to be blue. And I feel like... You're about my, 12 foot tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I am actually about 5 foot 2. So I, like, I love that extra few feet. Um, yeah, so Avatar just is visually stunning. And I think the, the message in it is is beautiful. The connection that they all that have to the earth. Yeah. We're all connected. We are mm, all connected. So it's beautiful. So
1: okay, say movies are not your thing. Music's your thing. So what's mm-hmm. your favourite m- song? Of all time.
2: You can't ask that. <laughs> Favourite <laughs> song of all time. There was there is I, I will say that there is a song I'll always put on no matter what mood I'm in and I'll always love it. Uh that's Michael Jackson Wanna Be Starting Something. I be <laughs> something. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. Love, I love it. That. That's it. Any any mood, whether I'm at the gym, whether I'm upset, whether I'm running, whether I'm at home just chilling. It's just a song that's just for everywhere for me personally. Make you tap. Yeah, always make you tap. Got a good beat.
0: What's your first childhood memory?
2: Um watching Blockbusters. I, but the thing With Bob <laughs> I have a, yeah, yeah. I'll have a pee pee's yeah, yeah. It's the but, joke I, ever. Pee, Yeah, I guess it yeah, I probably did actually in the in a baby <laughs> chair. But I wasn't it wasn't I don't I don't think I remember the exact thing on the screen, but I remember the blues of Blockbuster. Yeah. I remember the blues of that I remember watching something that was flashing those colour blues that I later realised it was the blues from the Blockbuster and I can't link them to any other blue that I've seen as a child. That's crazy. I just had so, the yeah, to do the theme
0: tune, I love it, it's great. And just before we go, uh-huh. I want A bit of Cairo wisdom. Okay. And I want you to help our guys Uh and give us one of your top tips because you've trained people before. Uh Okay. If someone is struggling and they're wearing a mask every day, yeah, they're in denial. Uh huh. They know they've got weight to lose. They're miserable. Mm-hmm. They know it. Yeah. But they're afraid to go there. Mm-hmm. What's your one piece of advice? Rip
2: off the band-aid. Jump straight in. There is the by by feeling bad about it, you're gonna postpone you getting there mm. anyway. So rip off the band-aid, jump straight in. Do not put your happiness off for the future, because like I said, we are not owed to be here. We could be taken away at any point. Any of us can. Everyone's lost someone that's that's close to us at some point. no one's promised anything so just rip off the bandaid and go straight what are you there's nothing what are you waiting for what are you waiting for just go and do it
0: brilliant thanks well thank you so much Cairo for coming in and joining us thank you very much for having me you know talking on the Fitmind Project it's been wonderful to have you I know our guys are going to get so much from it and guys we'll be back with somebody else who is just as inspiring and motivating as Cairo (laughs) and uh, tune in next time definitely
1: thanks for listening guys See ya.